Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lincoln Journal Star's Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen, your host, as usual. You might notice we got a friendly face back with us, Brent Wagner. Uh, thankfully, you are back. You weren't scared away from the first time we got you on for a little volleyball day in Nebraska preview. You're ready to come back and Let's get bombarded, and get bombarded with questions again. Hit me. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great start to the year. I didn't, you know, undefeated, right? But the quality of play has been really good in my estimation, too. Uh, but I think kind of the, the big topic, we'll get into some of the players, you know, the matches specifically, um, you know, go over what the last month or so has kind of looked like. But when we, get, when we came on the pod a couple of weeks ago, before Volleyball Day in Nebraska, we were kind of talking about the potential this group had. You know, obviously a lot of freshmen, young team, there was all this talk, you know, about realizing that potential. Well, now it's reality. You know, they're they're fifteen and zero. How do you think that just this uh, this young group has kind of embraced that and performed at a very high level so far? Oh, it's been it's been really impressive. Um, kind of all the things that we said might need to happen for them to be successful. I think kind of have uh, the freshmen coming in and being being good and seeing some improvement from you know the sophomores and the juniors. Uh, and then you probably include Merritt Beeson in that, even though she was a transfer. Um, I think her all-around game is probably better than it was when she was at Florida. But yeah, those, those freshmen have come in and played really well. I mean, they certainly have, each of them have things they need to be more consistent at. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you bring in a recruiting class, I, I guess a coach would never tell you this, but you you know, you probably hope that 50% of them turn out to be what you thought that might be or 60%, and they've definitely exceeded that. Um, four of them starting, playing well. Um, so, yeah, they're, everything's kind of adding up right now. Uh, the, the, I guess the defense was the other big thing. Nebraska's been known for its defense. Now you're bringing in all these new players. Can they have those skills and that mentality to keep that defense going? And uh, I've had a few off matches defensively, but it's, you know, it's all adding up to uh, – where they're where they're playing really well and winning. Yeah, that's a good point. That the defense has still been at a a very high level even with all those changes this year. Um, and you know, usually Amy and me we kind of go over some of these matches, you know, very shortly, uh, give some short thoughts on them. But want to get your thoughts on, of course, some of these big matches that have taken place the last couple of weeks. Um, those two big non conference matches, Stanford and Kentucky. You know, those were two before the season that they were looking to. You know, as Kind of that, you know, they'd learn a little bit about the team from those. Well, you know, they go on the road, beat Stanford. That was a huge win. Come back and beat Kentucky as well. Um, just what what do you think those two matches did? Did that give them a little bit of added belief going out there beating Stanford? Yeah, definitely. The the Stanford match was was kind of showed them what they could be. Mm -hmm. You know, made them realize what they could be. Uh, really tough, really tough road trip. The distance. Um, Nebraska, I don't think it ever won there. Uh, they'd lost several matches to Stanford in a row. Uh, Stanford, really good team. Two first-team All-Americans. Really tested them. Really tested Nebraska's defense, but Nebraska just kind of warmed down. And uh, right from the get-go, you know, they showed they could play. They had great balance. You know, that's kind of another thing uh, Nebraska hopes to be known for every year uh, is his defense and its offensive balance. And that was especially the case in Stanford. I think they had like 15 more kills than Stanford. And that was because, 
you know, they were getting kills from from every position, from from Beeson, from the outside hitters, and from the middle blockers. Uh, so yeah, really impressive win, and then impressive to come back a few days later and, and play a pretty good Kentucky team. Not as not as good as Kentucky has been yep. uh, the last few years, but I believe that was a Sunday night match. I think those are always kind of difficult for student athletes, uh, especially volleyball players. That's not a time that volleyball players are used to playing. So that was impressive to come back and beat Kentucky uh, to finish off that week. Yeah, so those big non-conference matches. And then, of course, you know, once you finally get into Big Ten play, it's always going to be, you know, a challenge, a grind to get through that. And opening it up with sweeps of Ohio State and Minnesota, very good Minnesota program. I mean, it's put a lot of good teams out there on the court. But once they finally get on the road, I'm sure, as as Coach Cook knows, that's a whole new challenge altogether. And the match I want to talk about is the Purdue match. Pushing them to five sets, you know, is nearly a really tough loss uh, for the team. What about that match, you know, going five? What have you heard from the players about the mentality, just kind of having to dig deep in that one and avoid a big road loss? Yeah, that was another impressive, impressive win. That's a tough place to play. It's a real small gym, but they, you know, they sell it out a lot. Big student section, students are right by you, kind of yelling at you and things like that. And then, yeah, the, that fifth set was really impressive. Uh, Mayor Beeson came up big. Harper Murray came up big. And uh, yeah, once I think that was the first five set match. So, you know, that's those are what you got to get out quick. And they, and they did that. And uh, it was, that was impressive. Yeah, I was um, I was kind of like vaguely paying attention to that match. And then, you know, I'd gotten back on Twitter and I saw you had like you was forced set. You had tweeted out. I was like, OK, I better I better turn this thing on because it is going to be one that goes down to the end. And it definitely did. Uh, but yeah, they they really played well in that fifth set, um, you know, that that late run at the end, as you said. Um, but then they also went and played Indiana. Indiana won that first set and Nebraska came back to win the next three. Um, finished that road stretch, beat Michigan State and Michigan. So that was four four road matches over two weeks, you know, not all together. Uh, but coming back home now, you know, having gone through that first road stretch, um, there are some big, big matches coming up. And the first one, of course, I think Penn State coming up this week. Um, you know, they're always one of the best programs. Um, you know, may, maybe not the same heights. You know, I haven't, I haven't watched every one of their matches or anything, um, but... What do you think of the matchup, the challenge that Penn State's going to pose here at Devaney? That's yeah, going to be tough. They're playing really well. That's um, got you know the potential to be one of the best offenses in the Big Ten because they have a great setter, Mac Pedraza, who was at Ohio State on uh, their great team last year. Ohio State uh, had a bunch of freshmen coming in, so they had to tell those uh, super seniors that they didn't have spots for them. Uh, she transfers to uh, Penn State. So does uh, Jess Maruzik from Michigan after Michigan has a coaching change. So uh, great offense for Penn State. That'll be a, a real good test for Nebraska's defense. And then also if Nebraska can kind of get better at its serving. Nebraska's had some serving air problems recently and overall just needs to, to get better at serve and serve and pass. So that'll be a real big test for Nebraska on uh, Saturday. Yeah, Michigan State also coming to town and we'll have a, a big matchup after that. We'll get into that one um, here at the end of our volleyball segment. We can look ahead. It's okay for <laughs> us. <laughs> Absolutely. But the record's 15-0. and 0, And just looking at the team, I think you have to start with the setter, of course, Bergen Riley. That was a big question mark, um, you know, especially after what transpired last year with 
Kennedy Orr, you know, Nicklin Hames having that situation. Uh, but Bergen came in, you know, started the first match. I just from what I've seen, I think she's been playing at a very high level. Um, great passing, but obviously you've been you've been watching these very closely. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of great setters too. But as a freshman, I mean, how good has she been? She's been really good. She's really good, especially early on. Um, real consistent, real smooth, real good at setting uh, the right side hitter position. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's gone really well. Um, certainly, she kind of struggled or wasn't wasn't as consistent uh, last week. Was a little pr- pretty high in some sets. Um, her and Andy Jackson need to uh, kind of get back to where they were. Some of that's just that. You know the teams are better, and they know what uh, Andy Jackson is good now. Now, good at now, so Andy Jackson needs to uh, vary up her shots a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's gone gone extremely well. Great competitor, um, really smooth. Uh, she's played you know a lot of big matches with the national team, and you can definitely see that. And uh, with her club team, she played up a lot of age groups, so you can see uh, you can definitely see her experience and. Uh, it's been really good for Nebraska so far. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, they've had they've had several matches, you know, where they've been swinging at such a high level. And of course, that's a credit to her, um, you know, for, for getting those passes, staying in system, all those different things. But, you know, also at the beginning of the year, we were kind of worried, wondering about the hitter rotation, you know, who who would get the most opportunities out there. Well, Merritt Beeson, Harper Murray um, tied for the team leading kills, 184 apiece so far. Andy Jackson, Lindy, Lindsey Krause, Becca Alec also getting a lot of kills, um, being productive there on offense. And, I, you know, maybe that's not a surprise, you know, how things have played out. But Harper Murray as a freshman, been really impressive. And Merritt Beeson coming up in a lot of big moments there, too. Yeah, Beeson's definitely been one of the most consistent, which is obviously what you hope for uh, as a junior. Uh, somebody's played with a lot of experience. Uh, and and uh, Harper Murray, obviously, very explosive athlete. Um, and, and it's been impressive how she's, uh, you know, early on teams have picked on her. They're going to pick on her. They're going to serve at her and try to slow her down that way. And it's been successful at times, but, uh, you know, she's still working. She's getting better, it seems like, at her a serve receive. And um, even when that's not going well, she's still finding ways to, to help the team with with defense and hitting, and uh, yeah, it's been been really impressive. Yeah, middle blocker's been a big part, of course, of that defense. Um, and you know, when we look at this rotation a little bit, you know, I'm I'm looking at mostly numbers here because again, I haven't watched every set. Um, but you have Lexi Rodriguez, Merritt Beeson, Bergen Riley, Harper Murray, the only four Huskers to have played every set so far this year. And a couple of the more interesting ones, Lindsey Krause, um, 38 of those 52 sets played, did miss a couple of matches, so that's factored in. Um, but Ali Batenhorst, 23, uh, Macy Bosiker, 23 sets, Maggie Mendelson, only 14, just got back in the rotation, I believe, this week a little bit. Um, just what, what do you make of the way that Coach Cook has kind of approached that rotation um, in terms of the players that he's getting out there the vast majority of the time? And the others who are maybe he has to pick and choose the moments a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to find, obviously, he wants to find a regular group that's it's going to be your main players, but he's also not afraid to go to the bench because they have they have great players. So if, um, you know, Lindsey Krause, I mean, a lot of it was that she got injured. She, yep. had a, she was in a car accident. 
Uh, then Allie Batenhorst came in and played well and was really good defensively. Um, so, he, I mean, he's got a really good situation where if one of them isn't producing, uh, he can go to the bench. And maybe that's just for a set. Maybe that's for the remainder of the match. So Lindsay isn't uh, consistently producing. He can go to Allie Batenhorst. Uh, he did a little bit with um, Becca Alec. So Becca Alec, uh, she just wasn't very aggressive one match and uh, wasn't getting a lot of block touches. So they brought Maggie Mendelson in, and she played pretty well. Obviously, Becca is the better player, the more experienced player. But uh, if things aren't going well, he can uh, he can mix it up and go to Maggie. Yeah, I think I think we see this a lot. Just how the rotations kind of change over the course of a season. Um, you know, players. You know get upswings, you know, downswings, all sorts of stuff like that. So I anticipate there'll be, uh, there'll be some, some big rotations coming up, obviously down the stretch. And just to get your perspective too on, yes, the record's 15 and 0, uh, but how well do you think they're playing right now? You know, are they, are they playing at a level where you could see this type of success be sustainable over the course of the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, the, I don't know that the Big Ten is as strong as it has been mm-hmm. uh, in the middle and things like that. So, I mean, obviously the big one is uh, we'll find out in a week when they play Wisconsin yep. for the first time. That's when you'll you'll have a better gauge of, of what this team is. Um, then they'll play Wisconsin again in the regular season. the last week of the regular season. So, yeah, that's the big test. Uh, Wisconsin's going to test their defense. Uh, they have a lot of firepower offensively. They've been running a two-setter uh, rotation, so three big hitters in the front row. Um, so, yeah, that's the, a lot of things have gone really well, but Nebraska's also had some problems with serving errors. Um, that hasn't cost them a match yet, but obviously when you play Wisconsin, you're expecting you're going to have close sets, so you know a few points here or there uh, could be the difference. So we'll know a lot more uh, a little over a week from now when they play Wisconsin. Yeah, certainly. Like you said, we can we can look ahead a little bit, but of course they have the team has several matches to get to before then. Um, but yeah, that's the big one. People are looking to those two top Big Ten teams, two top teams nationally, uh, for that matter, in that matchup. And I I want to ask. I mean, Wisconsin's had Nebraska's number. I mean, Cooks admitted it. Everybody who watches you know national college volleyball can see that. How big do you think it would be for this team? with all of its potential to finally kind of be that one that can maybe shift that a little bit and, and stand up there to Wisconsin. Oh, it'd be, it'd be massive just because it, it would give you a chance to win the big 10 and Nebraska mm-hmm. hasn't won the big 10 for uh, several years because Wisconsin has been winning the, uh, the big 10. So yeah, it's just, you know, big, the big 10 title is a huge thing in any sport. And that's especially the case in volleyball. And that's not to say you can't, lose another match in the Big Ten, but uh, you know, last year I think Wisconsin only had one loss in the uh, during the Big Ten season, so if you can be one of the teams to, if you can make sure that they have at least one loss, uh, that'd be good. They give, continue to give Nebraska confidence, uh, those young players, and then those old, you know, the juniors that have, have lost to Wisconsin so many times, that yeah. certainly would be a, a big shot of confidence for them as well. And certainly a, a big crowd energetic crowd. I mean, we, we know obviously that happens every time, but right after football game, I imagine there'll be some, uh, dual, dual crossover there between some of those fans. Um, 
our, our Amy Jess is a little unhappy about the timing. She wants to be at football and volleyball, but I'm sure the fans, the fans will like it. Uh, easy to make their way over to Devaney from Memorial Stadium on that day, Saturday, October 21st, Wisconsin comes to town. So that's our kind of volleyball check-in with the record being 15-0. and uh, we'll, we'll let you have a couple weeks off without, without some podcast action, but we'll expect to hear back from you, Brent, before we, uh, before we get to postseason play. All right. Awesome. So that'll do it for our volleyball portion, and we'll move on to some football. Appreciate Brent coming on for some volleyball talk as usual, uh, but wanted to get into football as we usually do. Nebraska coming out a big win over Illinois, 20 to 7. If you're wondering why there's no Amy with me this week, uh, she's at Big Ten Media Days, checking in on the men's and women's basketball teams. So we'll hear from her next week uh, about what she learned, about kind of the big season goals for the team. Uh, but of course, today, looking at some football action. Um, already reacted to some of this stuff on the field, but that 20 to seven win, I think just evidence that Nebraska was responding to Matt Rule's fire, um, his motivation all week long. Um, definitely there was some tension in the building, in the Nebraska football facilities, heading into that Illinois game, but just seeing some of those on-field celebrations afterwards, um, it was very clear that kind of a, a weight was lifted off these players' shoulders and that's huge, huge going into the bye week. Um, having that season outlook at three and three as compared to two and four, um, just so much better, so much more optimism. And in terms of their schedule for the week, uh, the team, they, they had a couple of days off, uh, practiced, I believe today. They will practice again the next couple of days. But as they head towards the weekend, the coaches are going to get out on the recruiting trail. Players will have a couple of days off. Some of them may be able to go home, recover a little bit. Uh, some much-needed time to rest here during the bye week. Uh, but a couple more big-picture things here. Um, as we are six weeks into the year, I'm going to pose three things that we've learned, three things that we're still wondering about. And I, I guess I don't really have answers. It's for all of you at home to decide as you listen to. But starting with the things that we have definitely learned six weeks into the year, uh, number one is that this defense will keep Nebraska competitive against most opponents. And I say that because we saw the Michigan game. Um, the defense still had its moments, uh, but, you know, Michigan kind of rolled over them. Again, that was elite, elite offensive personnel there from Michigan, you know, national championship contender. Uh, so I think that's pretty much the only exception. I think for the rest of the Big Ten teams on Nebraska's schedule, no Ohio State, no Penn State, none of those other top-tier teams in the conference, I think this defense will keep Nebraska competitive. And that was something that I got the chance to ask Rule about today, about the team's outlook, its potential for those next six games. And he said that every game is winnable for Nebraska, but at the same time, uh, they can lose all of them too. So it's the defense that will keep them in it. The offense has to keep up its end of the bargain as well. And that's the second thing that we've learned. This offense is limited and the skill positions need some development. And in particular, we learned today, wide receiver Marcus Washington tore his ACL. He will be out for the rest of the year. Big loss. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda also tore his ACL in week one. And it's really kind of limited this offense overall. The wide receivers, Billy Kemp and Alex Bullock, they've been out there a lot. Uh, they do a lot of good things, but you need more wide receivers than just that. And so it's going to be the freshmen, Malachi Coleman, Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss are the three in particular uh, who the Husker coaches expect to step up, take on a bigger role 
uh, this week and moving forward. So we'll see what happens there at running back Anthony Grant. I think he's been a great runner, but those fumble issues still popping up. Uh, we saw some explosiveness from Josh Fleeks. Emma Johnson has gotten the game too. Um, so still some question marks there at running back about who's going to be able to do it consistently over the course of the next six weeks. And the final thing that we've learned so far is that there are signs of progress, uh, but old mistakes keep on cropping up. And this is something Rule has talked about, how it's not going to be a quick fix. You know, it's a developmental uh, process that he's put into place. He did that at Temple. He did that at Baylor. Um, and in particular, those first two years at those schools, different situations, but I think one, two wins, those were the records. So already three and three, that's more success in his first year of a rebuild than he has yet, but perhaps more talent with this Nebraska team than others. And those old mistakes, those are the fumbles. Those are things that have hurt Nebraska across coaching staffs, across years, regardless of personnel, players, coaching. Fumbles have been a big, big issue. And penalties so far this year also been a big issue. That's something that has carried over uh, from the last two or three seasons. And as for three things that we're still wondering about for these final six weeks, uh, the first one is the quarterback position. Is this Heinrich Harburg's team or will Jeff Sims get another chance after healing up? And this is a topic that I can guarantee you Amy and I are going to debate next week. Um, it's something that we'll hopefully hear more from the coaching staff um, in terms of Sims status. But if I had to give my opinion about which way I'm leaning, I, I do think that Heinrich Harburg has earned that opportunity uh, to keep going out there, to keep leading the offense. And in particular, I think, you know, it's a, it's a tough break for Sims, you know, because of that injury, but uh, the offense was pretty limited in those first two weeks, lots of turnovers. And versus Harburg, there's still been some turnovers. Um, his accuracy in the passing game is kind of a concern, but for the most part, he has limited those mistakes, done exactly what Nebraska has needed him to do, lean on that defense, um, get some offensive production when needed. He's been a great runner. Both those quarterbacks are great runners. So this is something that we'll continue to track, see what happens uh, there during the bye week and as they practice leading up to Northwestern, that quarterback situation. Second question about the offensive line. When will this offensive line show major improvements? And I say major because I do think that there have been minor, minor improvements compared to last year. Um, I think they've been better in the run game generally. Um, you know, there's been some series and I think, you know, during the third quarter, during this Illinois game, they were opening up some big holes for Grant to run through. Uh, but still, you know, there's, there's been times, whether it's Illinois, you know, you look to week one, Minnesota, you know, any of these different opponents where opposing defensive lines have gotten penetration, you know, one yard, two yard losses or holding, you know, some gains that maybe could have been four or five yard gains to just one or two yards, uh, perhaps if they were better blocked, but I do think run game has been better and pass protection has been marginally better, I think, too. Uh, but still, it's really tough uh, for those tackles. That's the toughest spot to pass protect on. If you're going one on one against some of these defensive ends, these edge rushers in the Big Ten. It is just such a tough challenge. Uh, personally, I'd like to see Nebraska utilize tight ends a little bit more, um, you know, chip them off the edge. And this is also an area where losing Ramir Johnson is a big, big loss. A week three season ending injury. He was third down back, really good in pass protection. Gabe Irvin also the same. Uh, so that's something to watch forward as well is that the pass protection, not just the offensive line, uh, but needing to show improvements in that area. And the third final burning question we kind of got heading into these final six weeks is this team capable of making it to a bowl game? 
And before the year, you know, we make our season predictions. I would have said yes. I projected Nebraska six and six. Um, those games, we won't get into those which games I predicted wins and losses. Maybe that's maybe that's changed a little bit over the course of the year. Uh, but I think having this three and three record, you would say yes, they are capable of making it, especially considering the next two games that Nebraska has coming up at home this month. Northwestern and Purdue, two teams that have not shown a whole lot, uh, who have struggled, who have had several losses, um, two games that Nebraska definitely feels it can win. Thinking about going into November with a 5-3 and three record would be very, very formidable position to be in. But you look at that November slate and you think, where's that sixth win going to come from? Michigan State would be the obvious one. That is a road game, uh, but they're having a tough year. Not great quarterback play. Not a great team performance overall from Michigan State so far this year. Maryland also coming to Nebraska. And then you've got games against Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh, the two front runners so far in the Big Ten West. Those, as we sit right now, uh, look pretty tough. So I think if you're thinking about a path towards bowl eligibility, winning these next two, that's the easiest way to get it done. Um, then you only have one more final one to go. If they do split those games four and four, there's still potential there. There's still a path. But when you're thinking about a bowl game, these next two are very, very big. Uh, but as we all know, the Nebraska coaching staff, they're very week to week. They're not going to get ahead of themselves. And we'll see if the players do the same. So that's our short little football update. Again, wish I had an Amy here to tell me that my opinions stink or whatever. Um, we'll get that next week. We'll get basketball updates, uh, much more football discussion personnel. We'll preview Northwestern, give you a prediction, look ahead to the second half of Nebraska's schedule. Uh, but for now, that'll do it for this week's episode of Life in the Red. Appreciate all of our regular listeners and viewers. We'll see you next week.